Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another edition of the Streaking Lawn Podcast. Once again, my name is Pierce. I've got a couple fine fellow Streaking Lawn writers with me tonight. Caroline, how's it going? Hey. 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 And we have Will. <laughs> Will, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, uh, second time, long time. Um, mm-hmm. Glad to be back. Glad to be back. <laughs> we are glad to have you here to talk who's four and one. What? What? Just like Caroline like, predicted. Hell yeah. Literally the only person that predicted 4-1 <laughs> mm-hmm. probably. <laughs> I believe Matt Trogdon and I both did pick a win against Duke, meaning that we're both 4-1 in game-by-game predictions. Caroline has two losses. No, there. I don't think either one of you picked Duke. I, uh, I, no, I think we no. Well, we'll, go, we'll consult the stat. <laughs> yeah, boy. to the tape. <laughs> yeah, someone will pull that up and tell us in the comments. No one's going to do that. Okay, so <laughs> plausible deniability. <laughs> I called it too. All right, uh, but let's talk about that Duke win. I mean, we went into it thinking uh, it, was, it was very much still a barometer <clears throat> type of game. Obviously happy without a conference being 3-1, and one, but that looked like one of the more winnable conference games on paper and they showed up it was a close game but duke's defense is legit and they took care of business and didn't blow it uh i mean just all all kinds of kind things you could say about it (laughs) but really it sets them up uh for so much more optimism if not for maybe the entire season considering you know the levels we have to get to to compete with some of those november teams but really just bowl game looks very doable Status in the coastal looks better than last, you know, by far better than last potentially. And hey, hold on, Pierce, hold on. I, <laughs> I think Micah Kaiser pointed out today during the uh, conference he was on a four and two team not so long ago, and he still does not know what a bowl looks like. Yeah, so, I said doable. Up. I did not say guaranteed. <laughs> Certainly not a sure thing. Caroline, what are the odds UVA is going to play in a bowl game? Uh, according to our good friend Bill Connolly over at uh, SB Nation, um, shockingly, it is very high, um, and there is a probability of finishing six and six or better is ninety five point five percent at this point in the season. Military bowl, here we come! Oh military yeah, bowl. military bowl or bust. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a good thing to have Micah Kaiser, who's experienced that. Well, there's a good, there's a lot of reasons it's a good thing to have Micah Kaiser period end of sentence <laughs> um but as someone because all of the articles that i've read that have mentioned that about micah have said like you know but they're cautiously optimistic like they're excited about their start but there's someone in the locker room that can be like oh everybody hold up <laughs> like we've been here before but the work's not done yet and that's definitely the case um there's a lot of pressure i think looking at the 
I don't want to get too far ahead because we'll preview a little bit later, but the next three games are by far the most winnable on the mm-hmm. schedule. Um, so if they can pick up two of those three and, and secure that bowl before heading into November, um, wow, that pressure's off. <clears throat> and it's going to be a lot more fun to kind of – the end of the season's a little bit brutal. But. Then we're starting talking about ACC championship games. Yeah, <laughs> then we're buying tickets to Charlotte. Things are getting crazy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can remember the last two times where that Virginia Tech game came down to who was going to win the Coastal, and oh, they yeah. both were in Charlottesville, and I enjoyed neither game. <laughs> so, Kurt Benker was pretty good this week. Everybody wants to say so, but I think it has to be pointed out, he did have three interceptions, and while he was – or two interceptions, excuse me, and he was 24 of 43 for only 182 yards. Yeah. I, I mean – Yes, Duke's defense was pretty good, and they're legitimate. I will give them that. But <laughs> I'm not sure 24-43 for 182 with two touchdowns is mm-hmm. not going to beat – I don't think it's going to beat Louisville. I don't mm-hmm. think it's going to beat Virginia Tech. I don't think it's going to beat Miami, and I don't think it's going to beat Georgia Tech. So while, yes, it might beat Duke, it might beat UNC, and it might beat BC, if we're going to talk long-term, mm-hmm. I don't know if – if I, I don't think – I'm sure he doesn't think games like that – are the way we want to go either but yep. ultimately they won so we can't we can't doubt them too much i guess yeah you're always gonna have your down games and and this was it for him mm-hmm. for sure and i guess i, I, I mean that really speaks to the team being able to win relying on your defense yeah that's huge uh, and luckily and uh mendenhall pointed it out in his conference today the i think the mvp of the game has to be lester coleman the punter Oh yeah, in yeah. eight punts, uh, and averaged a fifty point eight average with a long of sixty two. I mean, that is impressive. Yeah, and we that that flips the field every time. Yeah, it's. I think it's a very extremely valid point about Benker. Um, just to, especially that first quarter. So I don't know. I haven't been able to find quarter by quarter stats, but he was not very good in the first quarter, and for mm. part most offensively just as a team they weren't great in the first half minus that last drive oh yeah um caroline here i got i have da- i've drive by drive for you you're listening yeah <laughs> first drive downs then the uh the pick six by uh quinn and then so virginia then punt interception punt interception punt 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 and then touchdown on the very last drive punt, punt. That ain't, that's a lot of punts yeah, and the biggest, like, head shaker, depressing one for me was as soon as the inter- second interception by Virginia and then the very next play. Like, they hadn't even had yeah. a chance to show the replay of the interception on the <laughs> ACC network before it was returned for a touchdown. And they were like, oh, well, there we go. And I was like, wait, what just happened now? Um, and, and like Will said, like, Duke's defense is still – the top in – well, if you take out Notre Dame, which we always do, is the top in the league. They're only at, allowing 88 yards per game, which is crazy. 88 yards um, per game what, through the air? Um, rushing, I, sorry. And, okay. oh. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I had the wrong tab open. Not giving up 88 yards total per game. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lie. Sorry, let me go back down. So they're third in the ACC. You said um, it with conviction. I, I did. I was, I was like, like mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Caroline, fake news. Fake news. They're <laughs> all down a little too far. But, oh, man, I need a coffee. Um, She's so been in DC too long. <laughs> 294 yards, okay. um, which is very different than 88. Um, Still good. Still, still pretty good. Still pretty good. 
but it's just it was obvious in, in some of the complaints from the Indiana game was that there weren't enough adjustment adjustments made by the UVA coaching staff. I think that this is a game where it showed that they did a good job of making adjustments, especially offensively, especially with the offensive line. Because one of the big things that was a concern or a question mark coming in was how many Duke has, I think 18 sacks on the season and said they had 17 coming in and only one was given up by Virginia's defense um, on Saturday, which I think is a really positive thing to come away from the offensive line or sure. from Kurt combined Kurt had a couple really really nice run plays um yeah that was what that I was about drives. to bring up that I was I was very happy and much impressed with Kurt running the ball and scrambling more because I think mm-hmm. over the first what four games I you would see holes and he looked hesitant to take it take it off and yeah. run with it yeah especially the first couple yeah if, and go ahead Caroline. if you t- if you take out that first like quarter and a half I think he had a really good game. Obviously, a game is four quarters, so you don't – and if you, you're right. If you play the Louisvilles, the Miamis, the Virginia Techs of the league, or the Georgia Techs at this point too, um, you can't give up a, a quarter and a half and ask your defense to continually um, pick up the slack there. But that transitions to talking about the defense. The defense was fantastic. Um, I, I just thought they were really, really good. The only one big special teams breakdown – the penalty you called on Donnie. It's such a stupid call. Yeah. I, stupid, whatever. stupid call. <laughs> I don't care. Either the right call, stupid rule, or stupid call. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's I didn't even stupid. think there was that significant of a, like, Yeah. He didn't get on the ground and pee like a dog. Yeah. Like some wide receivers who play football. It's, interesting. it's, interesting. A, it's a somersault. He wasn't near anyone. Like I hate it. I hate that shit. <laughs> yeah, I was very disappointed, and I, ugh, whatever. I just yeah, I don't even want to talk. About it. Like it's just annoying. Like because he felt so bad about it, mm-hmm. um, and there are people you know online that's like, oh, how do he jeopardized the team's success, like all this stuff. And I'm like, and I think Kurt Benker said after the game, he's like, he plays with so much emotion. Like I love that. Like I love that he does that. I love that he you know like this time I got a flag and he won't do that like that far again i guess whatever but like the team cares <laughs> this is always the running joke like they should care more yeah um, even if it's a stupid rule if you're gonna get yeah. flags for it you you know you own up to it and whatnot but. yeah um but i think it was a bigger test and a bigger uh, i'm more confident in the team now that they had to sustain and win the game rather than just have a comfortable two touchdown like my heart was would definitely be more comfortable with two touchdown lead, but they definitely showed some metal um, in stopping the drive um, that could have tied the game. Mm-hmm. And Jordan Ellis, huge turnaround after a less than stellar, and you you know you put that on the line and the quality of Duke's defense, but they just started pounding away, giving yeah. it to Ellis in the second half, and it made a huge difference. Bleeds clock gets first downs, et cetera. He's awesome. Every every podcast this season, I'm going to bring up the Jordan Ellis banner for sure. <laughs> Deservedly 20, so. 25 rushes for 96 yards, just under four, which, I mean, I don't think they're necessarily a running team, but if you can mm-hmm. get that, it'll, it'll, I think, open up the passing game. Mm-hmm. I think when we talked at the beginning of the season, you know, what was it going to take to be successful? What was it going to take to potentially get to a bowl game and, and win these – toss-ups uh, or maybe even minor upsets that they looked at at the time, uh, like this Duke game. You know, health, obviously, knock on wood, still relatively good there. 
um, particularly on the O-line, I mean, obviously Ben Kurt, uh, and then taking care of the ball. And that, you know, they showed uh, a little less of that against Duke. But again, um, this amazing ability to fumble it right back to themselves is yeah, something they're going to need to I think it's 10 up. fumbles now. Yeah. It needs to stop is what it does. Yeah. yeah. That's just playing with fire at this point. Like, jeez. Very much in these closer ACC games, one possession is certainly the difference there. Kicking. Kicking has been not atrocious uh some i you know good you know four for four for extra points for aj this game so well done there looking more they're looking more comfortable you know i mean they're looking a little less like they go more in the middle of the uprights rather than (laughs) they're going way further over the outstretched hands of the opponents as they come to block it yeah um it is nice to hear for you know the young guys um you know, a lot of freshmen playing, a lot of redshirt freshmen making making big uh, changes or big contributions to us, and to have them know that this is this is the standard hashtag new standard. I guess it was all over after the Boise game. You know, they don't know to go. Oh, but we'll we'll have a swoon. You know, we'll have a little bit of optimism, and then everything's going to go wrong. No, not swoon in a good way. Swoon in a bad way. Oh. <laughs> not Joe Harris, um, but. You know, the older guys can can be there and say, "Hey, hey, we we still got focus game to game." I don't think anybody on that team is chalking up. All right, we're four and one. Let's just go win out. You know, <laughs> I can't imagine there's anyone uh, naive enough. But uh, I think it's a good thing that that the majority of these younger guys are going to be able to just say, "Hey, this is what we do. We we win games instead of encumbrance <clears throat> losing every." single potential toss-up game. I don't know. I think we'll see a lot this weekend. Carolina presents a tough test because it's a road team that has a lot of talent and hasn't won anything this season, but still is, is probably, you know, I don't think they've given up um, on Fedora uh, or anyone. I think, you know, they got sort of Cal's not great, lost a close game there played Louisville pretty close and you know we know Louisville's not the world beaters uh, or anything and then got blown out by Georgia Tech and, and Notre Dame more recently which those you know those are decent teams Carolina clearly not a decent team but it's not like this is some cupcake I mean this is not the same thing as say a Boston College um, who in their own right is, isn't that bad but my point being I'm, I'm not chalking up a W this weekend uh, <laughs> is it weird I'm more concerned about BC than I <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair to say it's weird. <laughs> but, <laughs> I just tell me on it. Why? Why should everyone be relaxed? No, not relaxed. Um, I just think. Well, ca- talking. Speaking of injuries, Carolina has now I think fourteen players mm-hmm. that are out for the season with injury. So you know that ranges from a couple of the starting wide receivers. Like one, I think one of the wide receivers is out. Like there's just a bunch of guys. They've lost mm-hmm. a bunch of guys, and that hurts. Obviously. Um, no matter who it is, because even if it's not a starter, then you lose depth and you're running guys more often. Um, they are last in the league in defense. They're a lot. I'm on the right tab this time. They're allowing 466.8 yards a game. That is bad. That's a lot of, um, that's a lot of yards. <laughs> and they're uh, averaging 33 points per game given up. Um, yeah, their defense is not great. No. And on the flip side, they're only, you know, they're four from the bottom 
offensively um, in in yards totals with 395, mm-hmm. um, with most of it 712 yards on the ground, 1265 in the air. So clearly like to pass, but then also like to do two-handed under under throws for interceptions. Um, no, it's just they're time, playing that, that you know two quarterback game, which uh, rarely works. <laughs> it's weird. We've tried it so many times. Yeah. I thought it was so effective. Um, so I mean, that kind of stuff is on paper. This should be something where Virginia is able to um, mm-hmm. able to. They should be better on both sides of the ball, frankly. Like, yeah. Per the stats, per the numbers, they are better on both things. Yeah. I will um, say they, they haven't played Brandon Harris, uh, at least at quarterback, uh, very much since the first two games. So they, they may have learned that. And they're going with a guy named Chaz, which is just a terrible decision. Chaz. No matter what you're doing. Um, but uh, the freshman QB. There, this could be a big Jordan Ellis game. They're allowing 220 yards on the ground. Yeah, they're not great. Well, they're not great on the ground against the ground, and they're not great in the defensive passing game either. No. The the nerd stats from uh, Bill Connolly say that they have a rushing success rate on defense of ranked of 102, which I think I believe it means that when rushing the ball, the opponent is successful 45% of the time. The national average being 42% of the time. So. They're not good at that, and while uh-huh. passing, it's worse. On their uh, defensive passing, they are 122nd in defensive rank, which uh, the opponent has a 39.5% uh, completion rate, I guess you'd say, on passing downs of success. So I think if Virginia – now hear me out here. If they can score more points than North Carolina, <laughs> I think they they have a good chance of winning this weekend. Yeah, it's yeah like and that's just Madden himself. On the <laughs> that's the biggest thing. I just think, it, oh gosh, and obviously Virginia opened a three point favorite. We'll see how the line moves from there. But um, and it's been a while since they were a favorite on the road, you know, at Carolina. But and number one in your hearts, Carolina. Always favorite, number one in my heart. <laughs> number two in brian leung's heart but, yeah to unc yeah. um if he were here he'd want us to tell you that um bicentennial was last weekend um but it's just one of those things where it's like if carolina is an is struggle city right now so this would be a very good win to go in and have a definitive win put you within one game of going to a bowl game with boston college on the horizon that being said, it's not the end of the world if they don't pull it off on the road this weekend. I just think the matchups nope, are fire the coaches. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. If they lose this weekend, yep. it'd be it'd be pretty bad. I think it would be, <laughs> be pretty embarrassing. I think. I mean, they've just been stomped. Like honestly, I don't even know who was the team that they beat. I, uh, they beat Carolina, Old, they Dominion. Old Dominion, fifty-three oh. to twenty-three. Yeah, we should beat but my poor monarchs. We should beat you know, see. like. It's true. We should. I mean, this is, you got to keep the momentum going. You just start circling these more winnable games. There's no reason to go out there. They're favored. They look better across the board. This is a game they should win. ESPN and Bill Connolly both have Virginia as 62% point something percent favorites matchup predictors. Yep. And it's terrifying to come in. Oh, wait, sorry. No. ESPN yes. has UNC 62%, which blows my mind. That's not right. Um, it's because it's ESPN. Are you looking at the right thing? 
Mm-hmm. I am. Uh, <laughs> let me check. <laughs> go, go to the game page and the matchup predictor. We can stop um, on that one too. Like, if you just, and what doesn't make any sense is like, if you look, the thing that will kill me, Austin Prohl is the guy to watch, I think, to, on Virginia. Oh, white on, wide receivers, yeah. the bane of the UVA defense the for quick, years. Quick wide receivers. And, the uh, scrappy gym rats. <laughs> a, Danny, a Danny Whitehead and uh, Amendola type, you know? The yeah. Switzers of the world. Mm. Um, pain in the ass, but, you know. Surat, Surat, Chaz, my man Chaz. Chaz, Chazzy C, Chazzy S, <laughs> Chazzy S. I don't know. Six touchdowns, <laughs> three interceptions. Um, it, it'll just be interesting. Virginia should dominate all of the offensive categories, and their defense is significantly better. So, all right. Uh, I don't know. So I, don't, I haven't done my research. Prediction time. Yes, I am predicting a win, which is actually the first one that's gone opposite of my preseason predictions um right. i i picked this as a loss i'm switching to this as a win um i will be interested to look more at what tiki says this week about the the biggest questions i have is the line versus line because i that's you know as paul said those aren't skill positions so i don't look into those as much all right will i you know people color me in a negative light <laughs> i always think badly of the cavaliers and holy shit she was correct. They ESPN has a sixty-two percent. <laughs> All right, that can't be right. That's right? Not so, that is just unbelievably wrong. I don't understand. Okay, anyways, we'll email their support. <laughs> People paint me in a negative light and think that I always doubt the Cavaliers, but mm. this week I'm picking them for the W. Oh, I've got God. them on the W. You can see it on Thursday when. Uh, Alex's cool graphic comes out. I have picked them to W, but not cover the spread. Whoa, close game. I, uh, when you see the column come out, I I just, I got a gut feeling, and it's not good. You picked an L? I, I picked a loss. And I will say this, I will not be surprised if UVA wins. I will not be surprised if UVA trucks them like they did Boise. Um, And I think the reason for optimism that we haven't necessarily brought up is Larry Fedora is not a good coach. And Bronco, Bronco has, has regained in my eyes, a lot of the faith I lost in last year's Virginia tech game debacle and beating Duke for sure. But going on the road and beating Boise and just looking at the team this year that, that looks like it knows what it's doing, <laughs> I think is the way we phrase it a lot. Those are my reasons for opt- – that's a big reason for optimism. And, and I, was, I, was, I just went with my gut feeling on it. I won't be surprised if UVA wins, and obviously I hope they do. But my gut says for shame. there's going to be some sort of letdown game let down look ahead. They're looking forward to BC next week. No, no, but there's going to be a game where they don't play to the, you know, the bounces don't go their ways. Uh, actually, it was a fumble. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, UNC is due, you know, some sort of stronger game. We had our own games when our team was winning two games a season that they would still play real well, you know, against uh, a, a better opponent. 
I just think the stars are aligning to piss me off. Uh, Can I choose <laughs> my vote? Pierce is freaking me out. I, I'm just saying, I, like I said at the beginning, it, is no, is, it doesn't look like a cakewalk to me. So I went ahead and picked the heels because I'm emotionally hedging, uh, which is a Matt Ellis technique. I see you. I see what yeah. you're doing. So we'll see. I, you know, they, they definitely could blow them out. That would be awesome. That would make everyone but Brian Leung happy. Um, I think the biggest thing for me where I'm starting to get a little bit more confident is there's the younger players. We already knew about the Quinn Blandings and the Micah Kaisers of the defense, um, but some of the performances, especially in the last couple of weeks, of some of the younger guys coming in and filling out on defense because there have been injuries defensively. Uh, Jermaine Crowell is out now for the rest of the season. Uh, Malcolm Cook won't be back for at least another week. Um, but there's been guys like – so Snowden had one tackle last week, and that was sacking Daniel Jones. On it was a pretty big one. <laughs> with two and a half minutes left as Duke is on the, you know, the Virginia's 35-yard line, forced to fourth and 16. They were unable to complete the pass, blah, blah, blah. It all goes down history is a big win. That's big play. Um, so, like, he's done really well. Juan Thornhill continues to play really well. Jordan Mack was outstanding. He tied um, – uh, sorry Kaiser for 10 tackles which led the team in the game so I think that's the biggest I'm such a Virginia basketball fan that now I'm looking at the defense like my biggest like rah-rah feel better about this is that the defense is looking solid the offense will follow like yeah but it looks like Bronco (laughs) might be able to recruit though so there's three three different (laughs) that's true they are different sing thank you We'll, we'll hash we'll out some too basketball. Many uh, too many positive things. We had to come back down with <laughs> some basketball thoughts soon. Speaking of which, we've got basketball preview on the blog coming up in the coming days. Yes. Very Caroline, excited. What yeah. do our dear listeners have to look forward to? With so that? starting Wednesday, that marks 30 days till tip off of the season. What? Um, I know. It's here. It's finally here. I think it's weird because we actually have like legitimate football to still watch. So that's a strange Mm. thing. We'll have to balance. Um, Hopefully we'll still have to balance it going forward, but uh, we'll kick off Wednesday. We'll let you guys know what's coming up with all the coverage uh, we have planned. It'll be at least one post a day on basketball on streakingalon.com from now until November 11th, when they start the season uh, 10th, November 10th, sorry, my bad. UNC Greensboro in Charlottesville. Um, and since Jack Salt wears number 30, you will see our Jack Salt player profile on Wednesday as well. So. I heard he's from New Zealand. Is this true? <laughs> this is true. What? Um, and apparently he also likes Chipotle, so everyone can go get Chipotle on Wednesday. Who doesn't like Chipotle? Celebrate Jack Salt. Clearly, something is wrong with you if you don't like Chipotle. If there's anyone out there listening who doesn't like Chipotle, you can just turn us off right now. Your entire life decisions. <laughs> but yeah so we're really excited like i said it'll be at least one basketball post a day we're gonna try and get some a couple um fun podcast guests in the next month um to talk some basketball um and it'll be good we're i'm looking forward to it it should be we'll have media day coverage um all the good stuff so nice and uh will you've got some baseball news for us right yeah, hard-hitting baseball news in nice. the middle of October. Boom. Uh, the NCAA had announced last week that they are no longer just going to rank the top eight national seeds. They're going to expand it to all 16 national mm-hmm. seeds and regional hosts this year will be ranked going forward. It's a big thing. Uh, I'm curious to see just how it plays out because, as everybody listening knows, 
they like to get really cute with the matchup, the regional matchups, um, just like they do in the basketball where you always see Kansas playing UNC or they look for storylines. Uh, I'm not sure it'll necessarily affect UVA. Obviously, it'll affect UVA, but it's not as big of a storyline with UVA like it is down here with Clemson and South Carolina or Florida, Florida State. They love matching those teams up because they, they go by geography because apparently no NCAA baseball teams have access to planes these days. I don't – apparently they have to take buses everywhere. So that I think <laughs> news, news finally got to Indianapolis where the NCAA is headquartered that everybody has access to planes and people can fly places. <laughs> so that's good for us. Um, and this Im- impacted UVA last year very obviously, right? Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm – People like to argue that, but I'm not mm-hmm. necessarily sure that they deserve. I mean, you could you make an argument that they deserved it, mm-hmm. uh, that they deserved to host a regional. But even if they didn't host a regional, who knows? Or if they did host a regional, if they would have been matched up with TCU or not, we don't know. So I'm not I'm not one to speculate on the past just because I don't necessarily know if it if it would have affected UVA or not. So what's the biggest like as the explainer part of this like so they previously ranked one through eight like what's the biggest impact now ranking eight nine through 16 does that force them into maybe a more transparent ranking system or what's the biggest change yeah i think it you can now see and people can now argue harder with the committee on who are those nine through 16 teams rather than just the one through eight so now we can see like the 10 team versus the or 16 versus the one, 15 versus the two, and people can argue whether that 15 really deserved to be a 12 or if that 15 mm-hmm. deserved to be outside the 16 and can go like that. And did, they no, get a little, did they get a little loose and fast with like where they put people just because they weren't held accountable that way? Yeah. Uh, like, I, like I mentioned with the Clemson and South Carolina thing, they yeah. were seemingly always matched up as a super regional matchup because that's just what the NCAA tournament did. No matter – one was a national seed and one wasn't. They could just randomly put them there and just say, yep, that was where they fell. And now if, like, say Clemson is the three seed and South Carolina should be closer to an eight or nine, they're not going to see each other matched up and and people can argue harder against it and call call the NCAA out more. So I think it's good. Awesome. So, yeah, that's that's interesting. I know Brian O'Connor was a fan of it, according to the Twitter machine. He had a, a statement that was released by – yeah, the hard hitting, hard hitting beat reporters got to Oak and uh, got a quote from him. Yeah, <laughs> and the schedule's been released, right? The schedule has been released. They're going to open up this year in Orlando and take on the likes of UCF, Samford, and Rice. Now, Rice is a perennial powerhouse program, sure. but given that it's the third game of the year, it's in Orlando. Nobody's going to really know who has what at that point. I don't think it's going to. It won't be that big of a, a deal just to one game. Obviously, right. it might might help in the long run just to see where you're at. But in terms of affecting things long term, it's not going to affect things too much. I'd love to see, and I've had this quip, and, and I've had this problem with Oak scheduling for literally 13 years now. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to see them schedule home and homes or home and aways once a year with big SEC programs or big, big, big 12 programs. It just it hasn't worked out. And so at least they're getting one game with rice and then they'll play Eastern Kentucky and Yale. And then they've got a midweek against Davidson. So hopefully Wiley can, 
<laughs> cheer for the Cavaliers and put his Davidson Dukes aside. I really I, I long for the day where UVA plays Michigan and something so we can see how Wiley truly feels. <laughs> um, I saw there was kind of a weird thing on the schedule where they play VMI twice, but like a week apart. Is that unusual or am I just... Yeah, obviously I've never seen that and I've been paying attention to UVA's schedule for 13, 12 years now. I've never seen them play midweek games against the same team in Charlottesville. Like usually you might play one game in Charlottesville and then mm-hmm. a month or two later play in VMI's case in Lexington. But this is, that's, it is a little strange to me. Yeah. That's weird. Interesting. What do you think, how, what's your outlook on the team? Like what's the recruiting class? Like I was not fully in depth, but you know, if you're looking yes. at who they've got coming in, who they who they lost to the draft last year, like what should we expect? I think they'll be good. I think they'll be better than last year. So what hurt them so much last year was the draft going into last year. So the 2016 draft really, I think Oak uh, and Kays and Mac kind of really shot, shot for the moon after that 2015 victory they were coming off of. And they were able to get some really high recruits. And when you lose three or four really high recruits in a class, you not only affect the, that year, but you also affect – the year after that, and maybe even three years. So we're still feeling the ripple effects from losing those guys because the guy that – Joey Wentz, the guy that got drafted by the Braves, probably would have been a Friday or Saturday night guy last year as a freshman. So if you don't have that kid to build off of in two more years after that, you've got to find a replacement for him. So we're still going to feel the ripple effects this year. I think they'll be good. It really obviously will depend on replacing everybody that they lost. Obviously, I think they'll be uh, NCAA tournament bound again and it just depends on depends on injuries because as we've seen if they if they end up getting hurt and they can't produce they'll end up traveling somewhere and if they usually avoid injuries they can they can muster through and host a regional so it'll really depend on injuries I think it's always so interesting to me the whole process with baseball because you want to obviously get the best recruits but you can't get too good of recruits because then they'll get drafted um so it's an interesting balance they have to strength um we did get another basketball recruit though 2018 what we sure did Clark. what what one star did we get a he has three stars three stars he actually he balled out at the paradise peach jam peach, peach jam peach jam um he's a west coaster five nine so a little bit shorter than we're used to but um point guard um so it'll be interesting i mean if there's anything tony's known to do is take three stars and make them into superstars. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see if that means that they've cooled or, or read the writing on the wall or whatnot for uh, the Butler kid, uh, another high, higher ranked guard who um, right before all that Adidas stuff came out, essentially it was down to us in Alabama. Yeah. Um, which Avery Johnson's had some good recruits, um, particularly a guy ahead of him. Uh, coming in who they think is going to be a one and done guy so I don't know I still think uh, there's a shot at I still think there's a shot at Butler all the stuff I've read is that he really enjoyed his trip to Charlottesville but and I yeah. think the like maybe some of the Alabama being named or one of their assistant coaches having some loose ties or something to the whole thing maybe um, it seems uh, like it's been sort of radio silence and maybe he is just taking a step back and evaluating things after yeah this kind of scandal. Um, but yeah, but I think if he see. was going to pick UVA, he would have done it kind of immediately afterwards just yeah. because he would have said, yeah, Alabama's in trouble. I don't want to deal with yeah. that. Let me go UVA. But now that he's kind of dragging his feet, I think they've moved on. But you know who they shouldn't have moved on from, Pierce? Who's that? Javon Quinterly. 
<laughs> I'm holding out hope. That kid didn't accept yep. any money. He didn't know. He doesn't want to go to Arizona anymore. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like Jay Wright. He's going to be all about Tony Bennett. So definitively, you're you're fine taking a guy linked to a pay for play scandal. If the NCAA says he can play, Will Campbell says he can play. Awesome. <laughs> I, I fully fully support that. I, you have to get your own stamp. <laughs> Caroline, what would that would that worry you? Um, I guess I'm with Will on this. If if the NCAA says he's clear, that's obviously the biggest hurdle. And there's such a weird. I never played college athletics and deal with any of these recruiting type things, especially not as high level as this. So I, I can't pretend to know what's going on in his own life and what kind mm-hmm. of situation he might have where I don't know what goes on in the back rooms where they're talking about. I guess I should clear the air that I did not take any uh, <laughs> during my recruiting or while I was there. I will say though that the athlete dining hall JPJ is phenomenal. So <laughs> if you want to call that a benefit, I will gladly take that wrap. <laughs> but yeah, I think if uh, if the NCAA says he's he's good to go, then where are we to say otherwise? I mean, because right. I think they're going to be the more stickler side of it. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. Like, I don't think he's going to. No, come. me neither. Um, he hasn't he hasn't decommitted, has he? Uh, they asked him very it. recently, and he said, "For now, he's committed." Yeah, um, that, that's meaningless. Forever, right now, my biggest concern is still forwards. I want a I want a yeah. big guy. I want for sure. I just that's still because that's the thing that will make the offense. Yeah, go. they they have the luxury of of being able to pocket some of these scholarships and not worry too much about immediate depth, but it puts a lot yeah. of pressure on making sure that you're hitting instead of missing your top targets in the next class. Yeah, the 2019 class just got very important. I'm not too concerned. And Will have I, um, and I have joked offline about the 2017 class with who, who they've got coming in. But that was never supposed to be more than a person because it was just supposed to be right. London. And then you have you know, Nichols is now out of the picture who wasn't supposed to be an available Ooh. scholarship this year. Exactly. R.I.P. R.I.P. Two transfers that weren't supposed to be available scholarships. And so I think Francesco Badocci uh, will end up being, I just like saying it. Like the mozzarella. <laughs> Francesco Badocci. Uh, will end up being actually a pretty good. I'm actually very excited about his upside. No, um, Caroline's excited about a player. No. <laughs> I know, shocker. Um, <laughs> but him and and Marco is built like a tank. Like, I'm excited to kind of see what – I mean, if he's 6'5", 225 or something like that. So you're um, excited about his potential? Yeah, absolutely. For a point guard. He's <laughs> no, supposed to have Malcolm No reason Bond for anyone not to be excited. I've, yeah, I've, no reason ever to not be excited about basketball. Completely warranted optimism. It's going to be incredible. Um, I don't know. I, I'm excited for the season. It's They've got – I kind of like the under-the-radar aspect of this coming season because they're not on any of the preseason top 25, and I don't blame people for not putting them on there. Um, literally, if they were on there right now, it would probably only be just for name. Mm. recognition which would be in its own right something pretty cool to say like oh they always have a good team like they're probably top 25 mm. uh, I do think they're underrating um, our two redshirt first years with mm. uh, Dre and Jay Huff I think they're going to be very good it'll and, be interesting to see what the local you know the ACC guys who, who yeah. are a little bit more um, about the history of the schools or the deeper parts of the roster but yeah, none of it matters <laughs> no and that's the thing like 
with someone like Tony Bennett, who is not very um, outwardly complimentary generally with the team. So like you, you're not going to get a lot of like juicy Intel. Yeah. yeah. About like, sometimes when he says like, Oh yeah, like I was actually impressed with the defense. You're like, Holy shit. They must've been crushing it. Cause he never <laughs> says that. It's always something to fix. Um, and because of the maybe under the radar players that Virginia has had, um, you don't necessarily know what you're getting, like you're getting from a five-star or a mm-hmm. high four or something like that. So I'll be interested to see, because I, I think Devin Hall is going to have a fantastic season. Um, I expect a lot out of him. And <laughs> they're all making faces at me. But, um, and I think that um, Jack didn't have a great season. going to have a great season. And Mike Toby's <laughs> going to have a great season. Mike Toby has already had a great season. He's a champion. <laughs> If Jack Saul is a premier fixture on this year's team, that's a clear indication <laughs> of, of not good stuff. <laughs> Whatever. You guys are going to be taking that back in a few months. Sure. If, if what you say happens comes true, sure. <laughs> I will eat crow on it. Do you think they've taught him how to dribble the ball this year? I don't want him doing that. No, I, I, want yeah. more, I want more reverse layup attempts. And <laughs> layup. That's a, he's doing 27-2. Why should he lay up anything? You, he shouldn't you, you're not remembering his sweet <laughs> air ball <for laughs> reverse layup attempt in whatever tournament game it was. Uh, forgetting that he was like the lone bright spot in that terrible end of season game in the tournament where he had just like one rebound shot. There were no bright spots. No bright spots. Right. <laughs> he no had, bright. Oh no, he was like a, a bucket shy of a double double. He had like eight points and ten rebounds or something. Doesn't matter. No bright yeah. spots. <laughs> That's fine. Hashtag fine. Carolina all bright spots. <laughs> I will carry the flag. It's fine. <laughs> no worries. Plenty of reason for optimism for sure. <laughs> I'm gonna go to media day and be like, Jack, everyone that I write with, Will thinks you suck. What do you want to tell him? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's not what I said, uh, and I know I'm not Will, but Will and Pierce something entirely said. different than that. <laughs> we'll have more preview stuff, obviously, soon about the basketball team and and bright spots, uh, and certainly reasons for optimism for this weekend, as we discussed. Carolina game is at three thirty on your television or in Chapel Hill if you find a way to make it there. <laughs> Unless you guys have anything to add, I will go ahead and close up by saying uh, I'm Pierce. And for the rest of the writers here at Street the Lawn, stay tuned for more pre-game coverage for the UNC football game, for the upcoming preseason coverage for the basketball uh, team, and other sports as well. Go Hoos! the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com.